Welcome to the West of North London podcast, where we sit down each and every week to answer your big Arsenal questions. I'm Caleb. And I'm Tim. Tim, we're, we're attempting to do video this week, and I feel all awkward and I don't know where to look or what to do with my hands. Exactly. And this is take or try number two on video, so I'm a little nervous about how it goes. But yeah, it's good it, to see your face. It'll be fun. Yeah. I get to see your reactions and watch exactly. it every time you drink a beer. Which is pretty often. <laughs> um, so how do I do this show now? I don't remember how to record podcasts now that there's video to distract me. <laughs> First of all, how have you been? How, how have you been since the last time we spoke? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I did get my first vaccine shot, which is exciting. I also fell off my bike and really hurt my knee. So those are like kind of balancing each other out. <laughs> I too am partially vaccinated. I'm I'm halfway there. So I, I'm ex- excited about that. But I'm, I'm waiting for the um, the final shot to really let my guard down. Yeah. I'm gonna, like just party and lick people's faces and things like that. <laughs> I, I, I won't feel comfortable until I've hit that uh, that full vaccination time frame. And then and, I can finally relax. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the the rest of things go. But it's exciting. Yeah. It feels like moving forward. And just you know, there, there's talk that the FA Cup and things are gonna be played in front of crowds. So yeah, hopefully uh, things are moving in a positive direction. Yeah, I I'm way excited about sports. I was like, I might even go to a Mariners game. What Whoa. is that? Whoa, craziness! I might just do it just because I can. <laughs> you didn't know what you were missing until it was gone including the mariners right even the mariners sound good right now Oof. i just want to go places man <laughs> yeah, i hear that i'm i'm getting the travel itch really bad i'm planning yeah. all my trips already yeah trying to figure that out i but i also don't want to go where there's a bunch of crowds is that yeah. weird? No. Like, I'm like, I kind of, I want to be out in the world, but not with people necessarily. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be weird going back to games and going to like Sanders games or things like that, where I'm not necessarily sure I'm going to want to be next to people. <laughs> I, right. have, I have a little bit of a PTSD, or that maybe not the right word, but just a little bit I, of a... I think it's like a, so, a social anxiety thing. Like, I, I, I feel weird when there's a, a large group of people in the current setting. So I feel like that's going to take a while to be comfortable with again, even after everybody's doing better. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they're going to be doing baby step, steps anyway. So it's not like they're going to open up the huge full stadium right away anyway. So yeah. And ease us all back into it. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, this week we can actually show off exactly what we're drinking. So what? show, show me what you got. Well, unfortunately I'm, actually fairly boring this week which is i'm having a guinness which is you know pretty standard we all know what a guinness tastes like the reason i got have it is because uh i've learned just like halloween candy is a lot cheaper after halloween big packs of guinness are very much cheaper after saint patrick's day (laughs) that makes a lot of sense yes so uh i definitely uh, took advantage of a sale i saw that uh i got a big like 30 pack flat for a really good price nice i I hadn't thought about that, but I'm guessing the same thing would be for Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. Although I'm not, I'm not a big Corona drinker or anything, so <laughs> that yeah, might not be as exciting. Unfortunately, like there's a lot of good Mexican beer. Like, like I'm a huge Tecate fan. Like if you catch me before a game, usually I'm drinking a Tecate. Um, uh-huh. 
But unfortunately, I don't think they get the same recognition that Coronas do on a single day. Yeah. Corona's got that market cornered, but yes. I would I would definitely do a Tecate or a Dos Equis mm. over a Corona any day. Yeah, or a Modelo. I love them. Good Modelo. Yeah, Modelo. I'm into that too. Yeah, pretty much anything but Corona. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a clear glass, man. They should definitely not use a clear glass on that bottle. No. It just, it never takes, I, I, I got talked into doing a 40 of Corona once and I think that was the end of it for me. Oof. It was this especial too. So it was, a, it was like the, the stronger Corona, but it was not, uh, it's not a good time. <laughs> was it not especial good? It was not especially good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so I am drinking, uh, modern times. Let's see, how, where do I have to hold this right next to my face? <laughs> Uh, modern times, uh, this is a fortunate islands, uh, it's an IPA, I think that's a good <laughs> question. It says pale ale on it, but yeah. could be an IPA. It's actually pretty, it's, it's, uh, pretty light if it is, it's, um, 40 IBU. So pretty light on the I- IPA scale if it is the one and, uh, Citra and Amarillo hops. Mm. Those are two of my favorite hops. With some malts involved here. We've got wheat malt and two-row two caramel Vienna. Hmm. Well, caramel Vienna is usually what they use for kind of a, a, a lager or pilsner. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they describe it as an uber-tropical IPA. Although I, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not a, a crazy uh, fruity. Yeah, I mean those those hops aren't really like strike me as the most fruity of of hops. But it's very it's very light tasting though. It's not yeah. not a super dank IPA. <laughs> Actually, those are my types of IPA. So yeah, so that's pretty good. Not too not too uh, not too strong. I was trying to find out what the uh, alcohol level was. The content. Hmm. How do they have all this information on here? Like, really, this is just a a, a, a plethora of information about this beer. <laughs> but the part I care about is not here at all. Oh, well. Yeah, I guess it's it's probably in there. As long as it tastes good. Yeah, it's probably in the range you expect it to be. Right. Somewhere between five and seven. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there. It'll do its job. Yep, it'll get you where you're going. That's right. All right. So Arsenal is what we're here to talk about, and uh, they did not have a game this week. They did not. They were all very busy, but not as a team. So <laughs> we can uh, talk a bit about that. Um, but first, let's get to your question before I get get ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, before we get too far ahead, it's a, uh, just a little uh, another side, John. You know, there's not a ton to talk about on these international breaks. But mm-hmm. my uh, my question of the week is uh, just like, who is your kind of favorite matchup when you're watching the internationals? Who, what are the teams that you kind of look out for and, you know, will, you know tune into if you see them playing? Sure. Um, I think my... The two teams I really like to watch are um, France and Germany. France probably being my favorite team to watch. Um, I, I I'm not like I wouldn't consider myself a France fan per se, but like I I I I, I wouldn't go as far to say like I 
uh, would buy a France jersey or anything like that. But um, they are my, they're usually my favorite team to to watch. So um, whoever they're playing, and then the France Germany games in general are are usually pretty intense, yeah. and uh, I enjoy that that matchup quite a bit. Yeah, and especially with this, these kind of over the last like you know five six years, those two teams, the German and French team, are just amazing to watch independently. And when they play each other, it's 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 definitely uh, good times. Yeah, I would say the third team would be just England because they um, usually have some Arsenal players on there, and um, just always curious to follow what they're doing because they're uh, never the powerhouse they should be. Always a little bit. Uh, down on their luck and trying to figure things out. So it's kind of a fun, uh, there's a, there's an entertainment factor there. That's, um, I don't know. It's, it's got its own storylines every time. I always have a hard time with the English national team because there's so many players on there that I end up disliking a lot. And it uh-huh. makes me hard to, it's hard to overlook the cane factor. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly who I was thinking. And he did his normal cane, shit house for you during this week again and i'm just on the international level and i'm like uh <laughs> yeah don't need that yeah so I, I i'll watch them just because i think they're the most likely for people to talk about or whatever but they're they're england's not necessarily on my high list of i get excited to watch i feel like i should i i should be more excited about u.s men's national team but uh and they can't even make the Olympics. It's hard to get really excited. <laughs> I did watch that game, and it was harsh. The, uh, the it was just a really stupid keeper mistake. The U.S. Honduras qualifying, but and that was under twenty three, so I knew like none of the players <laughs> on either right. team. Well, it was bound to be bad when when they hired Jason Christ. I'm just I'm not a big not a big yeah. fan of his, his style of play. No, neither am I. And, you know, U.S. national team has a very similar problem to the English national team where there tends to be a few players I dislike that uh, end up on the, uh, the the team. So Yeah, they and, and always playing well under what they should be doing on paper. I, I just feel like individually we have some great players, but as a team, seem to always miss the mark. <laughs> um, yeah, what about you? What's your What's your favorite fixture? to watch um well it's generally anything with sweden as you can tell i am (laughs) (laughs) and if you've been listening to the pod you know i'm a pretty big swedish national team and i follow the swedish league pretty closely um and so yeah i enjoy the sweden team any of the uh the close games i i have i love uh you know sweden denmark is is always a good one because that's you know the big rivalry and it's always nice to to put one over on the Danes, um, Sweden, Norway, kind of the same way. So something like that, I, I love to see. And I love watching, I always keep my eye out for kind of the smaller fixtures because I, I think a lot of times those bigger games get become damp squibs, you know, like it kind of just end up being kind of the two really good teams neutralize each other out. Whereas like it was earlier, was it today? I've watched a lot of international soccer this week. Um, I think it was today that uh, it was Cyprus versus... Uh, 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 Slovakia, Slovenia, Cyprus versus Slovenia, and Cyprus actually won one nil. And it's those those games are always fun because it's uh, you know seeing that Cyprus team just try and pull every trick they can out of the hat to 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 win a game was it was entertaining, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're you're reaching deep into the international window here. International yeah, 
break. I do. It's, Nothing it's, will go by you. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's something to put on when you're doing other things, you know? Yeah, I totally get it. Um, well, do you want to, do you want to just kind of lead right into what else you've been watching as far as the international break? Yeah, I tried to watch as much as I could of the Arsenal players. As I said, I just had, you know, with ESPN plus you kind of have access to a, a, a really good swath of the game. So, um, you know, the basic update is that uh, there wasn't that much news from the Arsenal players, you know, uh, Cedric, uh, got an assist in the Portugal game which is always nice. Uh, Odegaard, Norway hasn't been playing great, but Odegaard's been kind of central to it and uh, been doing all right. Um, the uh, Saka hasn't seen a sniff of the England team right now, which is kind of good in a way because it means he's going to be fresh when he comes back for the uh, Liverpool game. But I think it's probably got to be frustrating for him that he's not he's not even getting anywhere near that team. Well, they, they pulled him for that hamstring injury. Oh, that's right. So he's not, he's, he couldn't, couldn't if he wanted to. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was wondering why. It's hard playing. to keep track of all this stuff. Um, and then uh, Smithrow has been, and, and Keddie has been getting time for the U23. Smithrow has supposedly been doing really well. I didn't actually watch the games. I just read the reports on those. And uh, so Smithrow is supposedly doing really well, but England. I think he's injured U- as well. Did he get injured again? I know yeah, he played he's, both games. He's got a little knock. I don't. I, I. It sounded like he was doubtful for the next game. Okay. I know he played two of the games and had been looking good, but England hadn't. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. That's what you don't want to hear is the uh, the injuries coming out of the uh, the international break. Well, I was happy that Odegaard's ankle wasn't a, a big deal because everybody was panicked when he had to leave the game. It was their, I think, their first game early. Yeah. I, I was saw saw the the Twitter machine spin up as soon as it happened. It was like everybody was pa- at the panic station. So um, yeah. I think I was pretty pretty pleased when it was a, a light injury. Yeah, I watched them today play against. Uh, who were they playing? They were playing somebody not that great. Why am I? Oh, it was a uh, Macedonia or not Macedonia Montenegro. There it was Norway Montenegro. Mm. And he he looked as far as his health wise, he looked fine. He looked like he was running and making the passes. He's a little uh, not as sharp as we've seen him play for Arsenal, but I can totally understand with the amount of games he's just played in a row recently. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure all these international players are running on going to be running on fumes if they aren't already. It seems like just so much crammed into such a little time, especially trying to squeeze three games into this two week window. That's a lot. Yeah, so it's and it's unfortunate you're seeing it with the injuries to these Arsenal players that it's it's right. It's it's unfortunate and you know, unfortunately there's no more there's no rest for the wicked. There's you know, they're going straight. There's many of them are gonna be playing another game this weekend. I know England mm-hmm. plays tomorrow, but then again we don't really have anyone on that team. Um I'm trying to remember, but I think there's a couple players that may or may not be playing over this next weekend and then they're just straight into the Liverpool game, so not ideal. No, it's not, it's not ideal. I've, I don't like how they've compacted these uh, this international schedule. I've never really liked the international break to to begin with, and it just it feels like they're just putting way too many miles, especially this year, on on these players. Yeah, it's it's um 
it's 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 a good thing for like fan the fans i guess to to have a lot to distract this <laughs> this point in time but in a normal year when travel would you know you'd be going to the to the far reaches um you know it, it's between Europa League and international breaks and all the other extra tournaments and things that they try to squeeze in like Carabao Cup and it would be a rough time normally, but there's just so much extra stuff going on in the world and it just adds extra layers. I mean, we don't even know how um, impacted these players are by um, changes in routine and that sort of thing as, as they have to uh, adjust to different protocols that seem to be changing by the week right now. So um, at least we're on the right path, but I don't, I don't know. Um, it's just not a normal season. It's, it's gonna, <laughs> we're going to look back at this and be like, man, I, I don't know how these players did it and, yeah. and did it as well as they did. Yeah. And I think one of the things that is suffering is the quality of soccer. I mean, the, most of these international games were actually just absolute busts. They were not uh super entertaining i mean i think the the holland turkey game was pretty exciting um you know there's a couple you know england destroyed uh was it uh san marino Mourinho, but yeah i i and i, I i'm really not excited for the euros coming up this summer i think they're just going to be boring drab with a bunch of tired players and injuries you know i really want to get excited about it I usually really like the Euros, and it's something to kind of spice up the summer a little bit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if it's if it's going to be a bunch of tired legs or a bunch of injuries to Arsenal players, I'm not going to enjoy myself. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it's good. I mean, it's going to be end of season Euros right back into the next season. Like it's it's nonstop once again. Yeah, I mean, like it was. I, I think and a winter a winter World Cup at some point. Yeah. Not this Christmas with a following Christmas. Although we'll see what happens with that. There's a there's a pushback going on right now. I don't know if you've been seeing all the uh, protests that the international teams are doing right now. Both uh, Germany, France, uh, Norway all came out with T-shirts protesting the uh, human rights abuse of going and Qatar. There's a lot of talk that Norway is actually going to come out very soon and just say they're boycotting the World Cup. Yeah, um, I was wondering about that. Um you know, it, they, it sounded like they were pretty serious about the, that stance. And uh, I, I was wondering, you know, to to what degree that would play out. You know, like, it, it, are they so serious that they're going to just protest or does it go as far as actually not showing up? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There's a lot of talk in the Swedish papers about Sweden doing the same. Sweden mm. has a little bit better of a, a chance of qualifying than Norway does. This right. Year. Norway has a really good team, but they just had that unfortunate loss to, uh, or unfortunate for them to uh, Turkey. And it's it, a difficult group. But uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is people aren't really going to care if Sweden and Norway don't show up to the World Cup. It's going to take teams like Germany, Italy, England, Spain, the teams that people come there to see Brazil, Argentina, those teams. But uh, I, I'm i not really seeing them <laughs> drop out anytime. I haven't heard any real scuttlebutt about them not showing up. Yeah, but you're right. That's probably what, what it would take to really make an impact is to have a, a big team, a top, top five team, mm. step away. But I don't see that happening either. 
you know, you know, it got serious if if somebody did that. But maybe the dominoes would fall if if somebody took that stance. That'd be yeah. interesting to see. Um. Anyway, so World Cup. That's still a little ways away, but <laughs> and a little bit further out of our one. Yeah, a little bit out of our purview as an Arsenal podcast as well, but <laughs> won't stop me. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else from the break that you want to no, bring no, up? That was about the highlights of it. All right. So, uh, in other Arsenal news, the women's team had a North London derby this, this week, this last week. When was that? Was it Friday? It was Saturday, the 27th. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they ended up keeping North London red. So that's fantastic <laughs> news. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't, I, I only got to see the highlights of this one, but, uh, look, looked like they were well in control of this game, but, uh, some good good offense and defense it looks like yeah i mean they uh, arsenal seemed to just control the game pretty much the entire game and tottenham never really felt like they were in it uh they were the medema goal was just <laughs> to die for people are gonna are calling it as one of the goals of the season just a great little uh, shot but my my highlight was definitely the uh the uh, triple save uh, by uh, uh, zinsberger she it was it, it was one of the better triple saves you'll see uh, towards the end of the game, yeah the the final the final save in that sequence she I I don't even know how she was able to stop it and and collect it in one motion it was yeah it's pretty pretty spectacular yeah and it's always nice to beat uh, Tottenham <laughs> you know and yeah this year uh, it seems to you know be a, a trend that North London is red. Yeah, exactly. And and to do it comfortably, I think is is nice. It's a comfort that they they are truly the dominant dominant side there. Yeah. It's always nice to watch a North London derby and not have your uh, your your hand over your mouth and being afraid the entire day game. Yes, absolutely. Um okay, we we don't have a ton of questions this week and there's not a ton of news to really talk about for the Arsenal team outside of who's injured and who's not. Um, but we did get one question this week from uh, Tom Barrett. And uh, it's a very, a very simple one. Are you a fan of the new braids that Opa is sporting? Uh, um, Caleb, yeah. are you are you a fan? <laughs> I, I have a hard time getting uh, commenting too much on like player style because I just feel like it's so inconsequential as far as you know, it, it makes no difference what you look like in this game. You can be an amazing player and look look totally crazy, and and it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, Messi but, had a bowl cut for a very long part of his career, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I, uh, I think it looks fine. I guess I don't know. I kind I kind of liked when he would do like stars and other shapes uh, etched into the side of his head, but I, you haven't seen that as much with them not being able to do uh, haircuts on a, a weekly basis like they maybe normally would. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a look. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's. I mean, the thing is, like, I, you know, far be it for me to like talk about style. It's not like I'm the 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 hip police or anything like that. So <laughs> right. I don't. Yeah. It's it's definitely not something I would try and rock. But uh, <laughs> you I, know? I would not. 
not be able to do anything like that. It kind of actually uh, reminds me of uh, Bakri Sanya's uh, braids way back when, when he was playing uh-huh. for us. And it's, you know, I think it's a, a good tradition to have the Arsenal horrible hair person. We, <laughs> we've, been, uh, <laughs> we've been missing it for a while. I mean, I think uh, when uh, uh, Arteta came in, he came in with this like beautiful quaff of hair and he made sure that everyone was uh, holding their line. Maybe this is uh, Yang's way of uh, rebelling against Arteta is uh, through Maybe his he just hair. needs to shake shake things up, you know, get 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 back to his best self. So uh, <laughs> maybe maybe this will get 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 the thing get things out of his way that were blocking him, and now he's he's ready to roll. I mean, if he's scoring more goals, I don't care what his hair looks like. I don't care at all. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's. <laughs> That's that's the biggest Arsenal news there is, really. That's that's as good as big as it gets right now. I mean, I guess the uh, the injuries are probably uh, <laughs> worrying, but yeah, I I don't know. Um, for Saka, at least, I think that's it's good that he was pulled early and didn't get forced into any game time. So that's that's good news. I think that bodes well for him coming back sooner than later. I don't know if that'll be in time for Liverpool, but. Um, the, uh, Neil Smith throw one, I guess is a little concerning I, since we don't really know the seriousness of that yet. And, uh, yeah, I haven't heard of anybody else going down, but it, there's still another game. So you never know. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully, uh, several of the players that are feeling a little bit tired. I know a lot of them are friendlies. I don't know, uh, which teams are playing a third qualifier and which teams are playing for, I know Sweden's playing a friendly, so they're basically rotating out their entire squad mm. and playing like a, a B squad for the final game. So and I actually haven't checked to see what the other. How has Zlatan been? Uh, I mean, if we're going in, <laughs> if you really want me to talk about Zlatan's actually been surprisingly well, he's uh, playing a very different role than he used to play. He's playing kind of a playmaker role. He's gotten three assists in two games, so you can't complain wow. about uh, production. And the coaches seem to be really happy with him. He's having a little bit of a, <laughs> a, a fight in the press with a famous Swedish hockey player who uh, says he still doesn't like Zlatan's attitude. And Zlatan fired back with, why are you talking about me? You're a nice hockey player, is his basic response. Uh other than that, For the same reason he he was talking about LeBron. Yeah. People think they can talk about other people. That's how it works. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm not a soccer player. I guess I technically am a soccer player, but and I talk about it all the time. But uh, yeah, so he's doing well. I'm if he can keep up with this type of performance, I'm happy to have him in the squad. It doesn't seem like he's disrupting. All the players are saying they're really enjoying him on the squad, which is what's coming out of like Milan. What people are saying about him in Milan is he's kind of been a, a very good influence on the younger players in that squad mm. and has kind of realized his new role as a kind of provider. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, for him to keep playing at this level, pretty amazing. It's great for Sweden. I mean, they got their two wins. I mean, it was against uh, Kosovo and Georgia, not to soccer powerhouses, but no. you have to, <laughs> you got to take the wins where you can get them. Right. All right. Well, and I guess we can take a, t- a small break here and come back with uh, you know a look ahead to Liverpool and 
one of our favorite uh, segments will make its triumphant return with start bench drop. So I'm a huge we'll, fan of start bench drop. So oh well, I should be doing it more. <laughs> we just had too much to talk about lately, I, but <laughs> this week it had it had to come back. So we'll we'll get to that right after this break. Welcome back from that little break. Now we we get into the meat of the episode this week, and that's that's the Liverpool game that's coming up uh, on Saturday. Is it Saturday or Sunday? Look, I should know this. <laughs> I did look at this. At I literally point. looked. It this is up. Saturday. Okay. At at noon, so it's a, a late game for for us. Yeah. A late game in UK was that like eight PM or something? So yeah, the evening game for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so how we, we're sitting in ninth, Liverpool are sitting in seventh. Um, it's, weird it's a weird season. It's a weird <laughs> year. That's what it, you look at Liverpool and that's, that's a big reminder that it's a weird year, Yeah, but they got, they got bit by the injury bug early on. I think that's been the, the main thread of their season, especially in their defense. I think you remember what a big deal Van Dyke was when they brought him in. That, right. that was that, that was kind of their missing piece when they were before just kind of sniffing around the title and sniffing around Champions League. And then they brought him Van Dyke and it really changed the team. And I think sometimes a single player can be that pivotal. And you just, when he's out for the season, it, re- it really shows, you know? And mm-hmm. unfortunately for Liverpool, it's not been the vintage year. I think, fortunately for us, if you're going to play the uh, title holders and uh, a team that uh, is deep in the Champions League, right now is probably the time we want to. Their form isn't the greatest of form coming in. They uh, have some really important Champions League games coming up, which they're probably going to be more focused on than playing us. I wouldn't be surprised if they've given up completely on the league. So it's, I think, as far as how we want to or when we want to play them i think this is about the right time yeah i mean sitting on um tuesday is uh first first leg against real madrid so i i think they're gonna have some other things on the back of their mind (laughs) i don't know that our arsenal in the premier league are, are gonna be their main concerns this week um not to say they're gonna throw it away but they don't really have the um depth currently to throw or to put out their their top lineup twice in the man, in a span of four days. Yeah, and just like that, us, they have probably even more. So they have a, a lot of players coming back from international break, and it's going to be a lot of games on the leg for them. Yes. So uh, as I say, I I would be the, that's where my, my my hope of optimism is is that uh, we're playing a, a, a vulnerable. Liverpool team. I'm not going to say it's going to be an easy Liverpool team, but they have their vulnerabilities right now. Yeah, I I think they they've been kind of up and down. I'm just looking at their their recent games. I mean they they've been doing fine in Champions League. They handled Leipzig pretty easily, um, but you know lot have lost to Everton, Chelsea, uh, Fulham <laughs> in recent games. And you know, be, most most recently beat beat the Wolves in in the Premier League prior to the um, prior to the break. So 
they can we don't know what team is going to show up but i would i would tend to um lean towards them not putting their best lineup out i just don't think they can and i i don't know what that means for for us I don't know what team we're going to be able to field. <laughs> that was going to be my next question is what, do you, like, how are we going to look with all our injuries and international break call-ups? Yeah. Um, certainly if Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe are unavailable, that's, that's a huge blow to our band of three there. Um, I think Odegaard can probably play assuming he gets through the, do they, do they? I'm assuming they they have one more game as well. I'm pretty sure they do. I didn't look it up though. Yeah. So I, it sounds like most teams still have at least one more. So it's, fingers crossed. As long as everybody, um, no no further injuries occur, um, it would be good to get Odegaard back because I don't know what how we're going to hold that midfield together. Otherwise, um, then we're looking at that's a little concerning. <laughs> then we're looking at that pre-transfer window midfield, which is not a <laughs> an exciting prospect. Right. Um I think, you know, you'd probably see Pepe and, and William in <laughs> in those slots. Um which is not ideal. Yeah. I'm trying I mean, it kind of makes me cringe just thinking about it. I I really like Pepe and I'd like to see him more. Um but yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing is, if I remember correctly, I did all this research about like three days ago, and of course it's just knocked, or it's flown out of my head. Should have probably reviewed it before recording it tonight. But uh, I believe Pepe did not travel. He played in one of the games, but then he was uh, not going to do the full traveling because of uh, COVID restrictions and the possibility of not being able to come back into the country. Mm-hmm. So I think he will have fresher legs than most. So. I don't know why I'm saying William because really what you could do is just pull a bobbing back and play like a Z up top. I wasn't really thinking about that option, but I mean, but that the, might be might be the better better way to go. Might be the better way, but I think William might be the more likely the way that uh, Arteta has been using William this season. Yes, yes. Just when I think I have it figured out and I, I know what the best best plan is, Arteta says he knows better and <laughs> usually throws out something completely different. I mean, to be fair, he probably does know better than we do in a lot of ways. Probably a bit better. Um, it does seem like there's a lot of guys that are uh, still still in training with the Arsenal team, uh, guys that weren't able to travel. So um, seems like there's uh, there, there's some things for for Arteta to consider, and I think the the travel and the tired legs might even play a role even if there's not injuries so yeah i mean it, it just is unfortunate because this is a, such a good opportunity for us to move up pl- uh, places you know mm-hmm. and they're you know liverpool is a team that's a direct you know rival for whatever we're trying to accomplish in the league as far as placing yeah uh i also can understand that just like they might be having more of an eye towards the madrid game we might be having a uh, more of an eye towards that Slavia Prague game in a you know next week or two weeks. Yeah, eighth. Uh, when is that? <laughs> it's eight, uh, eighth, I believe. So like a week and a, a day. <laughs> yeah, the the eighth. Yes, right. Um, 
we will record before that one, but do you feel like you're have any concerns about that that matchup? I they have looked handy in the tournament so far. They've definitely gotten a couple scalp scalps. I watched the uh, the last game that they played in the Europa League, and it, I mean they they look like a team that can cause some troubles if you're not you know you know not careful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I, yeah. I mean, I think that it's concerned, just like any team that's in this stage of the champ, like uh, draw at this point or in the bracket is a uh, is difficult. Definitely the easier easier of the the teams you could be facing, or one of the easier ones. So there's that, but definitely, I'd want to st- uh, field our strongest team because I think that's our best way to get into Champions League right now is to win the whole thing, right. Well, I I would not um, hold the team back against Liverpool to to save anybody for for that game for the Slavia game uh, simply because we have two legs and I, I'm not I think we can s- s- keep it close in that first leg and and still make some progress. Although I'm looking at the standings in the Premier League, still pretty rough going to make any progress because even if we are to beat Liverpool, we'd be at sitting at 45 points and they're, you know, Everton and Liverpool are sitting at 46. So we wouldn't even be able to move up with a win gets us closer, but yeah. It's kind of like one of the, we're at this point now where we just need to win all our games, like to, to really vie for anything. And, you know, as much as I've seen a lot of progress in this team, I'm not, I'm not a uh, person that would bet heavily on the fact that we're going to win all our games or you you know not hit a bump in the road in the late during the league you know yeah um you know after after liverpool it's everton and chelsea for you know teams in this last last run of games that are actually above us in the standings so we i think the um the only way to really move up you know short of hoping that everybody in front of us drops points every week which is not likely but i think the the main way to move up is to beat those teams ahead of you and um yeah getting getting points getting full points from liverpool and everton right now would be huge so those those games i've got circled chelsea of course would be um something we'd want to get points from but uh it's not like we're trying to catch them we really we, we need to leapfrog the liverpool and everton teams right now Exactly. That's a, and as we've talked about before, there is the other than those three games. There's a lot of winnable games left in our mm-hmm. in our season, and you know we could win a good chunk of those games, but uh, really beating the Liverpool and Everton is where you get to you know gain ground on these teams. I'm I'm pretty excited to play Liverpool. To be honest, I think if ever we're gonna. Um have a really close match with them this this week is going to be really interesting um just based on the logistics of the the international break and the um european tournaments that we're both competing in and it's just a lot to a lot to juggle for both teams and i'll be um interested to see how klopp and arteta approach this game yeah it's interesting and from what i'm hearing like there's uh, some wick, wicked whispers going around that Klopp is losing a little bit of the dressing room there or just kind mm. of 
losing a little bit of the grip on the team. I don't know how serious you can take that. I think this year's a weird year anyways. And he just came off uh, one of the best seasons in <laughs> Liverpool history. So we'll see. But it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited too. I think this is, you know, a game that we can make close and is a, a, a chance for us. Yeah. So, you know, I, looking at their recent matchups with Arsenal, uh, you know, they've won two, draw, uh, drew two, and lost two. So it's been pretty evenly matched despite Liverpool's dominance in the league. We've found ways to get, get points off of them here and there. Yeah, and even going back, we lost to them earlier in the season in the first game, in the first fixture, and that was at home, if I remember correctly. But uh, as I remember that game, it, it felt like it was pretty close of a game until they kind of just came cracked back at us. Uh and uh, really kind of took it into their favor. Ended what was it? It was a 3-1 at the end? It was a 3-1, yeah. yeah. And I, I remember they, they scored first, if I remember correctly, and then uh, we came back and scored a goal, and then they came back with two goals kind of right next to each other. But for good stretches, stretches of that game, I remember being surprised of how competitive we were with them. So, you know, I... I we're not at their level yet as far as, you know, players in my mind, but I think we, we definitely can be competitive with them in these fixtures. Yeah. And the, I, I feel like this is a, a much different te- Arsenal team compared to where we were at the beginning of the season. Um, that was back in September. Um, <laughs> so a lot, a lot has changed. That run from September to December was not Arsenal's best. But after that, this has been a much improved team. So I, I'm, I'm thinking this is a good uh, indicator, I guess, of where where we've gotten to in this last six months. You know, it's been quite a ride, and I think <laughs> we've all we've all seen the improvements. Um, but this is uh, probably the best. Um, way to compare to where we where we were at the beginning of the season versus now yeah these are all these little me- measuring sticks we're looking to see you know how we've improved and if we're improving because those are the important things is to right. not necessarily expect the world but to, to you know to know that they're we're in, all going on the right path right I, and i think um the only thing that would detract from that i guess is the the injuries and the um rotation that may need to occur but i i like i said i I fully expect arsenal's lineup to be as strong as we can field because i think it is important to get these these points when we can and i'm i'm sure slavia prague will get a full um uh full strength lineup from arsenal as well just because they've got more days rest between saturday and thursday so actually it works out better than when we're playing Sunday, Thursday, normally. <laughs> so, uh, feeling pretty confident about it, even though um, we don't know what what team is going to be available. But it's going to be fun no matter what. Yeah, as I said, I'm excited. All right, so we've come to that part of the the episode here where we circle back to one of our favorite segments, and it's start bench drop. So I'm going to, for those of you who haven't heard this from us before, uh, I'm going to read off a list of Arsenal players. 
Tim is going to tell me whether we should start those players, bench those players, or drop those players. And we'll we'll circle back and, and talk about the ones that catch my interest here. Um, so I'm going to go rapid fire. Here it goes. Uh, Aubameyang. Bench. Ooh, starting off salty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lacazette. Start. All right. Uh, Pepe. If the, with no injuries bench, <laughs> that will be okay. my, my asterisk. Yeah. Uh, Jaka. Start. All right. Ceballos. Uh, bench, maybe even drop, actually drop probably. Oh, okay. B to a D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Cedric. Start. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Bellerin. That would necessitate being a bench. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, then this is going to really throw you off. What about Chambers? Ooh, that is a... <laughs> probably a... Probably a bench. Okay. And this is my, my status check on Louise. I'll start. All right. Okay. So, Aubameyang on the bench. I just don't think he's doing enough right now. And I think he needs to... We need production from our players at this point. We're at the, the pointy end of the season, as it were. And there's no... There's just not time for passengers or players getting back into form at this point. Right. And, and uh, you know, I just... I, I need someone who's actually contributing to the team. And right now, he's just like... As, as much as I want him to, he's not really contributing. It's not... Again, it's not like drop, I want to send him to the moon or anything like that. But I think his spot is on the bench and maybe through uh, getting it on as a super sub, he can find some more form than he has been starting. So are, are you thinking then Martinelli should be getting more minutes or um, you just let Lacazette kind of pick up the slack there and then put, well, I, it's really hard to judge like, whether we're talking about a full our normal lineup or whether we're having to deal with injuries. So yeah. I get that that would kind of maybe change your answer. Yeah, and, the, and this is just not like necessarily sliding them into a position or whatever. It's just like on form in my mind. Right. I think he's, if you're just looking kind of, a, you have FIFA and you have your, like your, when you're playing team mode, you have like your, your starting 11. I just, I think he's more on the, the bench side than in like at the starting 11. Hmm. Okay. All right. Who else caught my attention here? Um, Ceballos. Ben, you, you said bench and then you said drop. So you're just, you're done. I'm done with him. I'm done with the experiment. The last time I saw him play, I just, I, I just, I'm not impressed. And again, he's not our player. I, if he was again, contributing to the team, maybe, but it's, I feel like he's so low on our depth chart in that position that I just, I, I don't have a spot for him in my mind. Yeah. I think I'd agree with that. I, I don't, I think he, he might have some spot um, plays with maybe Europa League. I'm not sure, but you know, he, he'll be a rotational player at best. Yeah. Rotational player best. If you know, cause I mean, you have a party <laughs> who's got a lock on that position unless he's injured. Uh, and then, you know, 
after that is the Jacques Elneny question. And that's an, that's an interesting question of like whether it's Jacques Elneny, but um, the, I think those two start a, a ahead of Ceballo. So you have your, uh, what is that, fourth choice midfield pairing? And that's yeah. probably too much to keep on a bench spot in my mind. Yeah, and I think playing him in that number 10 role has proven to be not worth the, the, the effort. Like it just seems like he's not not up to speed. If you if you're watching the video, you just saw my head shake very vigorously. Now, <laughs> I I do yeah. not like him in that that ten role. And we have no again far too many players. I'd rather be playing in that role than him. I'd put William above him in that role, which Ooh, is saying that a is, lot. that's a spicy yeah. And I think I think I might agree with you in certain. It's just. Well, William has the receipts. I mean, he's, he's, yeah. he's actually got assists to show for it. I think Ceballos has like two, maybe three for the season. Yeah, It's just not enough. I yeah. know he hasn't gotten a ton of opportunity, but still. He hasn't grabbed the opportunities when given it to him. And it's not, it's not just this year. I know last year is kind of a weird, you know, or last season, I should say, is a weird uh, yardstick to measure by because there's a, a lot of weirdness going on not just with covid but also with the, the coaching change and all that mm-hmm. but he didn't really impress then and he hasn't taken his opportunities this season so i'm just as i said he's not our player so i'm i'm not invested in trying to get him to some sort of form i think it's just you know yeah um i hope we can do better and upgrade that depth a little bit more to have somebody that can play that role and bring a little bit more to the table. That's, that would be my hope that they find that, that person. Exactly. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to bundle these next three here because I'm curious. This is, this is all kind of the right back position here. Uh, You have Cedric starting over Bellerin and Chambers. Um, Do you want to reassess that now that you're (laughs) looking at all three? (laughs) No, even looking at all three, I think, I've been enjoying what Cedric's been doing. I think I, it, it's hard for me. It is between Cedric and Bellerin. And I don't know, maybe you probably have a very different opinion and it's not that Bellerin has been bad. I just, I don't know. I don't think Cedric's been doing enough wrong to lose his spot necessarily. Yeah. Um, I chambers is the wild, wild card to me because he, he kind of came out of nowhere in that, uh, last game and, oh, yeah appeared to have something that the other two didn't. Um, so I, I, I don't know how that plays out. I do, I do think in, in terms of who is the starter in Arteta's mind, I would say it's probably Bellerin and Cedric or Chambers would slot in depending on the situation. I think they are different tactically. All three of them are different tactically. Um, so I, I see some flexibility there for Arteta, and I think he would probably. I mean, I, I feel like Chambers was only in because he he had some height, and the surprise offensive contributions he made <laughs> were, um, you know, just cherry a cherry on top because he he performed well defensively. He he did what he needed to do, but also showed up at the other end, and I think. Um, Cedric and, and Bellerin have done that a little bit, but maybe not with the consistency I would hope to get out of that position, especially considering our left back is so um, dominant down that side. I'd like to see the right the right flank get as much consistency and 
be able to get up and down the field as much. Well, and I think what that the West Ham shows for uh, uh, Chambers is that uh, there is definitely a, a place and a spot and a hope for him. But I, you know, one game doesn't necessarily make a a, a player and. Right. You want to you want to see him take more of those opportunities, and if he takes three or four of those op- starts that he gets and does that type of performance, then you can start making a very like, strong argument. Because I I do think there's opportunity on that right flank for somebody to really make a a case for that spot being theirs. And with three players, I, I you know competition like that's not never a bad thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the um, the chemistry with the players in front of them will make a, a big difference as well. You're looking at, you know, Odegaard kind of pulls to that right side. Um, and potentially you've got Saka or Pepe playing in front of you. So the, uh, the chemistry you have with the, those players will really probably determine who is the starter or the first choice going forward. Um, but yeah, I think it is a tactical situation and, and, We'll, we'll probably see the three of them rotate through there. And I don't know if there is a clear, clear starter until one of them steps up and takes it, but it might just be a, a, a tactical situation in Arteta's mind at this point. Yeah. You know, the, the usual horses for courses, but yeah, someone really, or there's a great opportunity for someone to take that spot and make it their own. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have, oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, I'm, I, I don't know who I'm pulling for. I, I of course love Bellerin, but I, I really liked <clears throat> excuse me, what I saw from Chambers and Cedric has had his moments as well. So I, I'm, I'm pull, pulling for whoever does the most for the team, really. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, with the, the amount of rotation, the type number of games are playing, it's, it's, you know, there's going to be a lot of minutes up for grabs for everybody. So it's, you know. Right. But my question to you was, I, you had Luis on that list, and uh, I was just wondering what, what made you put Luis on the start bench drop list? He's He's been playing pretty consistently. I'm just curious if any, if there was any hesitancy. I think he was culpable on a couple goals lately of maybe not um, being as aggressive or maybe not, not being as tight to a player as he could have been. Um. So I was curious if that if that threw up any red flags in your in your mind, or if you were still feeling like he should be starting every week. I think for right now he should be starting every week. Um, what he does bring to the table, I like. I I, I think the pairing between him and Gabriel is our strongest pairing. Mm-hmm. I you know it helps that they speak the same language and and things like that. Right. Uh, and I think you know I still I highly rate David Luiz's passing. And I think that creates almost as much opportunities as he does give up <laughs> in a lot of right. ways. So he's a net positive-ish. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying he's an automatic starter always. And if someone else makes it, stakes a good claim, I can. Uh, I can definitely see him getting uh, moving moving out. And I don't know exactly his contract situation. I don't know what. What's going on? I think they'd have to they'd have to get him on a new one for the next season. Yeah, and I think it might be a good time for all of us to move on going forward. But uh, for right now, he's in my mind the starter. Yeah, it's kind of weird um, to have this unknown quantity in in Saliba. Like we know we have him. We know he's potentially very good. He's also very young and unproven in the Premier League. So 
it could go either way. I think I would I would lean towards keeping Louise, um, but maybe promoting Saliba above him to just get him as much Premier League minutes as you possibly can and then let Louise kind of spell him and train him and rub off on him as much as possible. I think ideally that's what would have been happening right now. And I don't know. We, we'll never probably know the full story of what happened with Saliba this season. But I mean, that that was in my mind when we signed him was that the, that now is when he'd start kind of slowly, like the handoff of the the position would go from Louise to him. And, you know, we'd slowly in an ideal world, see him developing. And unfortunately that's not the case. So it, it could uh, mean that we sign Louise another season, but I'm, unless he's just going to go for a bargain price, which I, I think there's enough of a market for Louise's services elsewhere that he can make some money some good money elsewhere. Yeah. That, um, and if you take him out of the rotation, um, we still got quite a few guys, so I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about the depth there. I mean, you've got chambers can play there holding Louis or excuse me. Um, Gabriel Marie and Saliba. Yeah. Like five guys for two spots. That's probably good enough. So I, I would imagine if, if if things are tight, well, I mean, maybe you sell off one of those other guys, though. You know, yeah. sign Louise, but sell off the Chambers or a holding or something. I don't know. I think that would be such a short-term move, but I mean, that's kind of been Arsenal for the last couple seasons. So yeah, I just I, I worry about signing an older guy for another single season where, you know, it really does feel like he's declining as well. So... Yeah, I think it would depend on the, what the market was for a Chambers or a Holding because I think those guys would be desirable with their age and being English. And um, I think there's money money to be made from, from those sorts of players. Uh, and But then, yeah, if you sold off one of those guys, you might make enough to fund an Odegaard or, you know, put some more money in that kitty if that's an option. So I I don't know. I would much rather sell off one of those guys and and get something solid in that number 10 role. Yeah, exactly. uh, No matter who it is. I think that's like, I mean, if you're looking at the hierarchy of needs, I think uh, fixing the number 10 goes a lot higher than trying, or than uh, a center or a center back at this point. Right. Yeah. I think we're going to have to kind of be ready to sell sell people if there's a market for them um, to reinforce some of the other areas because there's certainly needs in the midfield in the left back position as a backup. We need backup keeper. We need <laughs> another striker possibly. Like there's a lot of positions that could be areas of need in this next transfer window. So. I think it's all going to come down to who can we move on to make money that we can spend elsewhere because I don't think it's going to come from management by any means. Yeah, and and I think we are going to be in this new period of relative austerity where I don't think there's going to be a lot of clubs spending a ton of money for for you know players. We've said that every transfer window since COVID started, and it hasn't stopped like some some big some. Decent spending still, you know, I've, I've been yeah, surprised I mean, at how much is still happening. 
One or two, but if you look at last uh, last transfer window, it was well down on mm. previous windows. And, you know, you look at how hard it was for Arsenal to actually sell players. We got a yeah. couple out on them. But we, we had a lot really to sell, sell, though. Yeah, <laughs> but we, we didn't do <laughs> a lot of, of, of business. And it's that's not uncommon for the... the 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 rest of the world and i think e- next window is going to be even less so just like with the taking the temperature of how economics are right now in, in football in soccer it's yeah it's a it's a tough market and a lot of teams are not looking financially healthy yeah a lot of teams can't buy without selling and a lot of teams if that means if, if you can't buy without selling and you can't sell that it kind of makes a, a stalemate. And mm. that's, that seems to be um, where a lot of teams are at and got to get creative. There's going to be a, probably a lot of loans and um, interesting uh, bookkeeping to make things work or push those payments yeah. further down the line. I mean, we're going to have some interesting players come back from loan that is going to, I mean, I know that's not this, uh, <laughs> that's a, a few months down the line, but you know, when he's coming back, I don't think uh heard his, going to buy him unfortunately so right maybe he did well enough that some other team thinks ah we can fix him (laughs) (laughs) we can handle that maybe he has an attitude adjustment maybe this was a a a good lesson to him and that he comes back with renewed vigor perhaps somehow i those those types of players though i don't i don't think they ever get the wake-up call like (laughs) you know i don't think they ever think it's there's anything wrong yeah or if there's something wrong, no matter it's how, not them. how many places they burn out. Yeah. All right, I think I think we've hit the end this week, and we got more out of this this uh, international break than I expected. So I'm pleased, <laughs> mainly because we had like a Zlatan breakdown in the middle of it. But <laughs> uh, whatever fills fills the time, right? <laughs> I could talk about Swedish national team for a full podcast. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the spinoff podcast. There you go. Tim's Swedish minute. Yeah, west of North Stockholm or something. <laughs> all right. Well, I I will thank all of you like I normally do uh, for listening to this week's episode. And if you're watching, thank you for joining us and watching us be live. This is my <laughs> favorite move. It's a little it's a little mime like. Yeah. Um, and if you want to know what I'm talking about, you're going to have to watch it. um but yeah so we'll hope to continue to do this if you're not seeing this and you're just hearing it something has gone horribly wrong Um, (laughs) the uh the video thing is all new to us so we'll we'll continue to improve and experiment and try to do this going forward if we can um but maybe this is a one-off thing i don't know you'll find out next week (laughs) Um, but you know, the, the big thing that would help us at least on the YouTube side is just click that subscribe button. Cause that will help us get in front of more Arsenal fans and, um, like the, like the video, uh, you know, you hear it all the time on YouTube, like, and subscribe. <laughs> we are no different. Uh, help us out there. Uh, and with the podcast portion of this, you know, subscribe and review. So whatever you're, wherever you're getting us, help us out by, um, going that little extra step and that would be huge for us um, the ways to get in touch with us uh, if you want to 
follow us on Twitter. We are at W of N London. Um, email West, <coughs> excuse me, Western North London at gmail.com. Uh, right now, if you want to subscribe on YouTube or find us on YouTube, just search for Western North London and we will eventually have a nice uh, URL that they will give us when we're <laughs> cool enough. <laughs> but until then, search for us and we're, we're we're pretty easy to find. Yeah, when you search West for North London, it uh, comes up right away as the first hit on YouTube. So. Yes. yes, we are the only West of North London, <laughs> so that's, that should make it super easy on you. Uh, if you like our theme song, go check out Bobcat. They are at bobc.at. That's their website, and it's uh, where you can find No Course to Follow, their more most recent album. And we'd love if you check them out. And I think that is all. I think we've reached the end of our first foray into video. We've made it. I think. <laughs> Famous last words. Right. <laughs> all right. So join us next week. We'd love to see you again. Uh, and as always, see you at the next gun show. <laughs> you get to see the guns. I know. I do it every week. <laughs> 